Hey friends, welcome to the Redeemer Queen's Park podcast. Redeemer exists to help connect Jesus to people, people to community, and community to mission. We're gathering on Saturdays at 3pm to worship God and fellowship. If you ever have any questions, or if we could be of help in any way at all, then please give us a shout at hello at redeemerqp.com. We hope you'll be encouraged as you hear another one of our Bible talks. Let's listen to the next episode. Well, already said who I am, I hope. My name is Lewis, one of the elders in the church. Um... You're going to see me around doing a bunch of different things. It definitely doesn't mean that I do them well. It's just that it's my job to warm the seats up for whoever's ready. And I feel like they, yeah, fancy doing something in the church. This is a place. This is a church. We'd lo- love to say that it's a church where everyone has a role to play. And as you can see, I can't even open the iPad. That would be a role anyone could fill. Anyway, um, um, yeah, God, it doesn't work. Um, Okay, into the message today. I'm not counting the time yet. We have a limited time to talk here. Apparently, they don't like Brazilians so much in this church, as I can tell. Um, No, we do. I'm sorry if you're a Brazilian. I am Brazilian too. I am going to start soon. Um, Okay, let's have a start. We've been in the series where, well, we call it the series about the Holy Spirit. But in fact, if you are a Christian, a Holy Spirit is not a a thing that you start and finish, right? It's the life of a Christian. It's called the blessed life or the spirit-led life. The Holy Spirit is the one who is supposed to guide every Christian in life, through life. Um, Yeah, that's all I want to say about that. So we've been so far in this series, we've talked about who the Holy Spirit is, his role in, in the world today, how to be led by the Spirit. We talked about the gifts of the Spirit last week. And today I'm supposed to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm going to try to do my best to get to the end of the message. The text we just read is so theologically heavy and loaded with truth in there. There's so much you can draw from there. Um, to give you a bird's eye view that, that before we get into what I have for us today, a few things for us. We all know Genesis 1, we've been created by and for God. That's the thing that we all know, right? Our sin separated us from God, Genesis 3. Then God had a plan, and the plan was Jesus, our substitute. He took our place on the cross and died for our sins, and we inherited his righteousness so we can go to heaven to meet Daddy God. Um, this is in Hebrews 2.10-18. We know that what was accomplished was salvation by grace alone, right? That's really uh, what Ephesians 2, 8, 9 is going to talk about. Then, furthermore, if we look at the the Bible uh, as a summary, Jesus lived on the earth, um, raised disciples and, and, and followers. But what happened is he went to heaven, right? He's enthroned in heaven, Um and as soon as he went to heaven, the spirit came down. We remember Pentecost uh, when we studied the book of Acts. And, and that's what we read in there, right? Um, the spirit was sent down. First Peter 3, 22, John 14, 16. And now we as Christians, when we put our faith in Jesus, what the Holy Spirit does, he makes us born again. We are now empowered with the spirit to reveal Christ to the world. 
That's in John 3, 6 and Acts 1, 8. My goal for today is to explain a few things. The difference between the fruits of the Spirit, the, the gifts of the Spirit, and the fruit of the Spirit. To break down the text and talk about the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. What the fruit is for and how we grow the fruit, if it is a possible thing to do. Um, maybe, I don't know, just maybe. Um, I don't know if we have in the slides of the picture but i had a picture i just wanted to understand the difference between the gifts of the spirit and the fruit of the spirit they are both in a sense what the spirit does or gives to us so we can fulfill the great commission we can carry out the message of god on the earth i wanted to think about now two trees a christmas tree which is not a real tree but it is a tree and a mango tree I'm Brazilian, so I chose mango because I'm preaching. I could choose whatever tree I wanted. So I, choose, I, I chose a mango tree really because I felt like a, an apple tree would be too obvious and very triggering if you think about Genesis. Okay, just think about a Christmas tree. Um, a Christmas tree, in a way, it bears gifts, right? The gifts, <clears throat> let's do one and the other. So a Christmas tree bears gifts. A uh, mango tree bears fruit. A Christmas tree the gifts in the Christmas tree, uh, well, the idea of gifts is speaks, uh, they speak of power, ability to do things. The fruit is speaks of character, right? We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit versus the gifts of the Spirit. So it is very dangerous to have the gifts without the fruit. Why? Because then you're going to have power without character. That's very dangerous. Jesus had both. And then in the same token is character without gifts is ineffective. If you have a good heart, but no ability, no empowerment for the Holy Spirit, you can carry out the, the, the message of God on the earth. Because you remember, Jesus had both. He empathized by people, but he healed them through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's very important for us too, because there's some people, okay, I'm happy because I have joy. Maybe I have the fruit of the Spirit. I don't need the gifts. We need both. Gifts are given and received received by a single brief act and taken from the tree in a single act. Fruit, on the other hand, that's very important because that's all about the message today, comes through a process called cultivation, right? A fruit only comes through a process of cultivation. Um, I'm not a plant guy. Seth is probably the most um, agricultural person we have in the team. He cares for the plants in the office. They are still alive. So that's how I gauge whether he probably likes plants. Anyway, um, gifts are temporal. I never know how to pronounce this word temporal or temporal, but it always sounds like I'm talking about Japanese food. I don't know. Uh, fruit, on the other hand, is eternal, right? You're not going to lose fruit. We learned that in 1 Corinthians 13, where it talks about love. Never ends, never fails, right? So we know that. Okay. What is the context of the letter? It's really important. We are getting to the text finally. Five minutes on and I'm still there. Galatian is probably the most strongly worded, uh, strongly word, worded of Paul's letters in the New Testament. And the reason he was writing, and it's important for you to know as well, he's writing not to a church. He was writing to the churches in Galatian, in, in this region. And the reason was uh, a, a few Jews were new converts, Jews, it's, the church was a mix of Gentile and, and Jews converts, right? 
and there's a group of people within this group of Jews called Judaizers. I'm not even not sure if I can pronounce it correctly, but I think it's Judaizers. They had a very off, um, a teaching that was off. They taught that they're spreading this teaching amongst the, uh, around the churches that in order for um, Gentile to become a Christian, to fellowship with them, they would have to observe the Mosaic law in regards to circumcision. And this very much um, annoyed Paul, as you can think, because it, it hurts the very core foundation of the gospel in that salvation is by grace alone, is a gift, is a free gift of God. Um, what else? Well, now we get to, to the text. The text, I'm just going to skip through it real quickly and try to draw a few conclusions from, from it. I called verse 16 to 18, the fight is on. So the flesh wants to control us, but the spirit wants to influence us. So there is a tension right there. As Christians, we're going to live with this tension. The flesh wants something. It's going to try to get our attention for something. And the spirit also wants to influence us towards something. The Holy Spirit wants to work in us to reveal Christ. Then he wants to work through us so we can communicate Christ. This is very, very important. We walk in the Spirit. When we walk in the Spirit, we would look a lot like Jesus. And that's really what the fruit is about, right? Um, this is, we find in the Bible, Jesus said that the mission of the Holy Spirit was to promote and speak of him. Um, if we think about it, the fruit of the Spirit, and we're going to talk more about, expand more on that. The, the fruit of the Spirit, as presented by Paul here, is the antidote to the works of the flesh. A lot of the times, we as Christians would love to stop sinning. But without bearing fruit, that's not going to happen, right? Because um, it's almost like we're, we're hearing two voices and we either follow one or the other. And we, we can only stop uh, answering to the cravings of our flesh when we're fulfilled in the spirit, right? We're going to talk more about that later on. And, 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 and still in this, this two passages, it's two verses there, it talks about this inner influence, which is more, is far more effective than the outer influence. In other words, once we are fulfilled in our spirit, it, because of that relationship with God, we are accepted, known by God, created for his glory. Once that is uh, in us settled, then it says what is suggesting is that the works of the flesh is going to be less and less attractive to us. Paul says that the works of the flesh are evident. So he's really talking about this thing, this battle that's going on as we progress through life. And he's going to list a list of sins. And it's really important here. I want to make a point. If we think about the way I think about the works of the flesh is this. It affects us differently if you are an unbeliever and whether you are a believer. It will affect us anyway, whether you're a Christian, whether you're not a Christian. The works of the flesh, to me, they speak of a necessity. It's almost like it's a food that the devil is telling you that you need to have to survive, to live. It's something that you need to get after. And we always think about sin. We don't think about this this way. It's almost like, because I need love, 
I'm going to go and engage in adultery, for example. The root of the problem is, is something deeper. Um, the list of sins, they are, can be broken down into four categories. Sensual sins relating to sex, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. So adultery is really violating um, the marriage covenant. Fornication is the ancient Greek word for porneia, which speaks of sexual immorality that's so prevalent today, as we can tell, right? Um, and so on and so forth. So there's also religious sins, sins relating to worship, idolat idolatry and sorcery. As you can see, my Portuguese is popping up and I can't pronounce the English words. Um, idolatry basically is replacing God in our lives. So I, you can idolize anything and everything. Um, so it is idolatry when God is not at the center of your life. It's not at the top of your priority list. Sorcery is the service and worship of the occult. This is more out there than you, you might think. It's, it's crippling into everything. Cartoons and there's symbolism everywhere. And while we may think it's, it's so e easy for a Christian not to follow that, I'll, I'll beg different. I, I think is is sometimes we we can condone to things like this more easily if and embracing it. Um, when you're listening, for example, to some um, singers nowadays, you're watching them. Wow, they're doing ceremonies there to the occult, which is a great thing for them and a horrible thing for us, right? And a lot of times we we, we love them because they're very talented and all of that. But anyway, the message they are portraying is not. Um, one that we'd like to be associated with. Um, no condemnation here if you're listening to any one of them. Um, so there's also relational sins related to how we treat others. Hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts, uh, selfish ambitions, dissensions, and all of that. I'll just uh, talk about a few contentions. Translate the Greek word eris. It is, it's crazy how this word was actually changed over time and initially meant uh, rivalry uh, for prizes. And if you think about that, that ended up being um, how you get fights, right? I would fight with my friends if I felt like I won the football game and they said no. Um, yeah, things like that. But I don't think that was quite here. Jealousies. It means the desire to have what someone else has. Wrong desire for what's not, not ours. Selfish ambitions. This is one I could relate to sometimes. Because we think it's so easy to want better things. God creates us to enjoy life and, and, and enjoy Him. And when we look at creation, for example, God created the world, a beautiful world for us to live in and put us as the crown of creation. So He prepared everything for us. So I think we're built to expect good things. And I don't think that's a sin. The self-ambition here is really the word is... is, is I broke it down looking at the Greek. And it talks about politicians who campaign for election. They campaign for money and power, not for the service they're supposed to offer and provide for the people. So I think it's, it's something of the heart. It's wanting something that is good, but it's, it's, it's really so that you can have control, so other people can see. Um, I'll let you uh, apply this to day-to-day to -day life. The sanctions. The sanctions is another Greek word that means standing apart. Sometimes it's so easy for us to think of the sanctions, for example, with us fighting with somebody or, or somebody or creating a problem or not agreeing over something. But the sanction really, uh, uh, 
at the core of the word here is really standing apart. Sometimes you just don't care. I let someone else do it. Let someone else get involved. I don't know. Um, to me, it sounds the same, right? Um, there's a quote, a quote here for Barclay. Unshakable conviction is a Christian virtue. Unyielding intolerance is a sin. The Holy Spirit never led anyone into heresies. He's talking about, but I think it applies to everything. Envy. Well, there's so much in here. Um, it doesn't so much want what someone else has, but is, is bitter and doesn't want them to have it. Sometimes that's, that's a crazy one, isn't it? Well, murders. Um, sometimes we feel like, okay, this is a sin. I don't need a lot of preaching not to commit. I'll never murder anyone. We think about that, but sometimes we murder, we kill somebody's reputation just by how we think, how about we communicate about them to other people. Sorry, not condemning anyone, just mentioning how humans can be sometimes. Um, and it's, it's amazing how at the end Paul says, and, and, and the like, he's referring to the things and, and things like, but basically if someone is, has invented a new sin that is not listening there, there's no way to get away because he said, and the like, whatever comes from there as the, the, the issue of the heart is a work of the flesh. So verse 21 is going to talk about the danger and the destiny of those who live in the works of the flesh. Um, of which I tell you beforehand, just that I also told you in the time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, the text here is saying that Paul instructed them before, right? Just as also I told you uh, in, in time past. This is really important for us because a lot of the times we hear things again and again in the church. They feel like, okay, I get it. I get it. But what's next? We want this next thing. But sometimes it's really important that we pay attention to these little things the Spirit is telling us, is showing us. Um, to engage in the works of the flesh is to be in, in, the, in a declared position. You were declaring you are in rebellion. We are in rebellion against God. So um, this is really talking about unbelievers. But when we come to faith, uh, it is still possible that we engage in these things. And, and it's such a shame, right? It's, it's such a waste of time. Um, we're going to talk about examples of the fruit of the Spirit that walking um, in the Spirit produces in our lives, right? Um, I want to give a special focus here. Um, to one of them. I can't dwell on all of them at the same time. And if you're wondering, we are getting somewhere with this. It's just that the text is, needs to be tackled. Um, if you think about the, the fruit of the Spirit, it's amazing how we're led to believe that there are fruits of the Spirit, but it's, it's so interesting um, that it talks about the works of the flesh and lists the works of the flesh. And then it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Maybe you think, wow, well, they missed it, misprinted it. Uh, because then it goes on to list nine, what I call attributes. I like to, I, I brought a prop. Wow, how amazing. I'm not organized enough to be able how to handle the microphone and the prop. This is a fruit of the Spirit. This is the fruit of the Spirit. Um, so as you see, there are many other parts in here. So um, yeah. I'm not going to eat here. I'm going to spare you that. Um, so you got the point, right? This is one fruit. There are many attributes. What is the fruit? It's Jesus. 
Jesus is the fruit of the Spirit. So Jesus walked on earth. He had joy. He had love. He had compassion. He had self-control. He had all these things. So it is important for us to understand that the works of the flesh, actually, they are a violation and perversion, and perversion of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, for example, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, and lewdness are counterfeits of love among people. Idolatry and sorcery are counterfeits of love for God. Hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts, they are all opposite to love. Drunkenness and revelries, oh, still struggling with this word, uh, are sad attempts to fill the void only love can fill. Um, and then we go on to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. But I want you to, to bear that in mind. It's the fruit of the Spirit. God has given us through the new birth in the Spirit. It's placed in us. Ephesians is going to talk about it. God has given us everything that's pertaining to life and godliness. Remember this. God planned everything for us. Um, God was never caught off guard. There was never a surprise to God. Whenever men sinned, he had a plan. He sent Jesus. Um, when he sent us the Spirit for us to fulfill his great commission. And with the Spirit, the way the Spirit does it, he's bestow, he bestows upon us gifts. And he plants in us the seed of the fruit of the Spirit. And we are the ones supposed to cultivate that uh, seed. So let's run through a few. Joy. Joy is, as we know, is completely different from happiness, right? I always learn this. I don't remember from whom. Happiness is connected to happenings. So it's based on whatever happens on your life, whether something is good, you are happy. If it's not good, you're not happy. So joy is a deeper meaning. I, I submit to you that joy is connected to who we are and who we belong to. Knowing that we belong to God, we, we are created and made it in the image of God to communicate God, to fellowship with God. That's where the joy comes from. That never changes. We are going one day to live with God in heaven. That never changes. So uh, peace is not... Um, the absence of problems or noise is rather the presence of God. And that's really important. It's not um, being alone or being in a quiet place. It's like actually being filled with the presence of God. That could be very noisy because you shout for joy, wouldn't you? Patience. I decided just um, out of my own issues to skip patience. That's me. I'm really patient now. Um, yeah, patience. It talks about this. I need more of that when driving in London, for sure. But peace, if you think about this, patience is all about, that's why the fruit is one fruit. We get it all. But I think a lot of times the fruit is not yet ripe in us. That's, uh, th that's how we know it. Uh, patience. Um, it, I struggle with patience sometimes, um, or most of the time. Um, yeah, it's a hard one. But we're going to know hopefully, very soon, because I only have 10 minutes. Um, I think at the end of the message, we have an, a different look at fruit of the Spirit and how important it is that we offer up the fruit of the Spirit to the people around us. It's not for us, but I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway, faithfulness, gen gentleness, self-control, self-control, oh my God, self-control. I love sugar and sweet. So when you talk about self-control, yeah, uh, it's a hard one for me, for example, but it applies to everything in anything, right? Um, if you think about that, 
I, I like to think about this. My cravings, they talk a lot about what I've been feeding from with. So it's almost like I eat so many sweets that I, I keep loving sweets more. You'd be amazed at how much. Starting route of... to Camp Road. Head northwest on Salisbury Road. Is this the spirit? Wow. I never heard it so loud. Um, anyway, that's something else. Um, that's a cue that I'm about to start, stop. Um, what an end for the Holy Spirit season, right? The Spirit's speaking through the thing. Anyway, um, so where was I at? Uh, I had 10 minutes for me, please. I just lost the track of thought. Anyway, um, so uh, if you think about these things and how they are connected, we've been feeding from, I've been feeding from sweets all my life and I love it, still love it. I'm not going to stop loving it, but... Self-control will tell me that a good balance needs to be found. And you apply it to anything in your life. Um, and it becomes a sin in the sense where it, it can take control. Control is the word here, right? Those who don't have Christ, they don't have control. They believe they are in freedom, but they are enslaved to sin. Their only response, they only can hear the flesh. We come to Christ, we are set free by the Spirit. Who the sun sets free, it is he, this person is free indeed. There is a freedom. There is a freedom for you to choose not to hear the Spirit. That is the issue, right? Thankfully, the, the, the Spirit doesn't control us to the point where we are don't have the options. Because just think about that. As we learned, we talked about the, the, the fruit, uh, one expression of the fruit, which is love. Why? A lot of the people ask, if God loves us so much, why he's allowed us to eat the fruit in the garden? Well, that's the very foundation of love. You cannot love if you don't have options, right? If I'm going to use my wife, but um, so the beautiful girl right at the back. Oh, now I said there's two beautiful girls there. But the one, yeah, whatever I say is still going to apply to both of them. But my wife, the blonde one, um, Christiana there. Well, you almost worked out like that because I ganged up with my mom. So to convince her to marry me, but... Okay, another example. But just think, I didn't give her any option. She didn't have an option. I dragged her home by the hair and locked her up and told her, every day you need to tell me you love me, otherwise I'm not going to feed you. If she did tell me, uh, I love you, how much weight would I have? That's not love, right? She chooses me every day, even though she might want deep inside to kick me out of the house. She still gives me a key. I go back and that's love. Is the choice that we have. So God allowed us to make the choice and we made the wrong choice. Oh God, read the book. Anyway, so yeah, we made the wrong choice. Believers are not dependent upon circumstances. Their joy comes not from what they have, but from what they are. Not from where they are, but from whose they are. Not from what they enjoy, but from that which was suffered for them by their Lord so they could enjoy it. Spurgeon said that. I wouldn't be so smart. Um, then, okay, verse 24, 26, keeping in step with the Spirit. Uh, well, there's so much in here. It talks about, it reminds us that Jesus did for us on the cross, reminds us um, it is okay to be tempted by the flesh as long as, as we respond by yielding to the Spirit. So every day you feel like, I am tempted. I engage. We always think about after whatever happened, we engage in, in a sinful behavior, for example. And then we look back, how can I stop behaving that? Well, the way we stop behaving that is first realizing it is a fight. 
I'm fighting right before I made the decision to engage in that behavior. I had the opportunity. I missed the opportunity right there to listen to and you to the Spirit. It reminds us that we are called to take up our cross, follow Him. We are to follow Him. Jesus was crucified on the cross and we are called to crucify our flesh, our desires. We can do it because of the Spirit in us. So let us walk in the Spirit. I'm quickly running through this. Oh God. What the fruit is for? That's a good question here. Uh, and I wrote down Jesus offers life. Everything to me comes from this. Jesus describes the difference between his ministry and the devil's ministry. Jesus said famously, I, the thief comes only to steal, destroy. Oh, what amazing. Um, but Jesus himself, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So everything flows from that for me. The works of the flesh is us yielding to the voice of the devil. I'm sorry if that's too heavy. The fruit of the Spirit is us responding to the life that Jesus put in us. We are branches. We carry the fruit. Just grab this right now. We are branches. And I'm going to conclude. Okay. We are branches of the vine. Who is the vine? Does the branch produces life? No, we get the life from the vine, right? Jesus has roots and the life comes from there. We bear fruit. Is the fruit for you? Why isn't the fruit for you? Because you don't need it. You're connected to an endless supply. You're connected to the vine. So who is the fruit for? To the world around you. So when we learn to tap into that, I have everything that I need in Jesus. This analogy would only work if you're giving out the fruit. What is the fruit for? The fruit gives the world a taste of who Jesus is and what he is about. The fruit is how people know we are in Christ and Christ is in us. The fruit feeds the world around us. We don't need the fruit because we have an endless supply. Finally, how the fruit grows. This is our role. We have a role to play. We know that without Christ, we are dead and our life is empty. So when we were there, we need fulfillment, right? We're looking for fulfillment. We're looking for God in other things. So the works of the flesh, the flesh are in fact our attempt to get fulfillment, to get revenge, to get justice behind everything. We're not looking for pleasure, if you like. That's a byproduct of it. We're actually looking for revenge. I don't feel loved, so I'm going to go and find someone else that may be going to offer me the love that I think I want. I feel that I've been treated a bad hand, so I'm going to get revenge. I'm going to be bitter. I'm going to be this and that. Through the Spirit, we are free from the control of the flesh and can choose is our choice to operate from the abundance we have received from God. Four things for you to do. When we abide in the Word of God, that's, that's how we grow and cultivate the fruit of the Spirit. John 14.4 is spend time in prayer, listening to God. I normally go to prayer rushed 
and I give everything. Okay, make your petitions know. I love this verse because I love to speak and to say. But we need to become masters at listening to God. Prayer is all about listening to the one who actually doesn't need us, right? We need God. So we go to God and we keep telling him things. He knows everything about us, about you and me. So we, when we go to God, we're supposed to. Is that why we have two ears? Is, I don't know. Um, cultivate fellowship. We need to create, uh, uh, um, embrace, or I forgot the word. Anyway, uh, we need to embrace a lifestyle of fellowship. We need to fellowship. Before we fellowship with God, that, that's ideal, right? We always, I love the verse that God says, um, if you don't love your brother that, that you can see, how can you love me that you can't see? I think the way I apply this, a lot of the times we want to love God and that's amazing, but we need to start doing something with people. We are supposed to do things with people. That's our service to God. And then we can really, that's how people will know, right? Is that the Bible says, John talks about it. That's how people will know you are my disciples, that you love one another. Cultivate fellowship. This means that brother, that sister that is difficult and hard to love is kind of included in here. Is also in here. Fellowship includes everybody, um, especially the one in the margins, especially the ones who are suffering, who need uh, an embracing, who need to know the love of God. And, and finally, the fourth thing, yield to the spirit and submit to discipline. Um, discipline applies to everything, but even church discipline um, a lot of times we are on the fence with a lot of things in life. And one of them is like, should I be a part of this church? Should I not be a part of church? I'm not saying you need to be part of a Redeemer for you to be go to heaven. Um, yeah, I'm not saying that at all. But, I mean, it's all about commitment, right? If we can't commit to anything in this life, how can we commit to God? I think it starts like that, as easy, as simple as that. Applications. The fruit we have is the solution to the problems people face in the world, the needs they have. Just think about this. You have, um, um, well, just think about your workplace, for example. Whenever you come across a works of the flesh in somebody else, because we're so easy, I'm so easy to spot works of the flesh in you. I don't know, if you don't give me what I want, that's a work of the flesh right there. I, that's how normally I'll label it. But anyway... What I'm saying is, as you come across it, just think about that. That person is looking for fulfillment. That's why they're behaving that way. So they are not fed. They need to be fed. So I'm going to offer them. As a response to the works of the flesh they're giving me, I'm going to give the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, you're going to receive now something you don't know you need. Love, joy. I'm going to answer differently. That's the challenge for us this week. Or maybe just for me. Um... So, yeah, as you go back to work, as you come across impatience, mistreatment, you name it. How about we respond differently? The devil says you need to be right. You need to win the argument. You need to be on top. You need to this, this and that. But how about you offer love, patience, self-control and all the things that we know that the fruit of the spirit uh, offers? Finally, what is happening here? The fruit is the fruit in us will attract people this is i heard i was preparing the sermons the thing that i heard in my spirit the fruit in us will attract people to the tree which is positioned by streams of living water just think about now people outside they are dying in their sins they don't know christ as you offer the fruit like to eat the fruit the fruit is in the tree right 
they come to get the fruit. Maybe they like to be around you. They are getting the fruit every day. Eventually, they will know that the fruit is in the tree. But know what? The tree is splanted where? The Bible tells us that the tree is splanted by streams of living water. And what is this water going to do to them? Because as soon as they get to the tree and they eat the fruit that you offer, they know Jesus. And then the water is just there as they realize I'm thirsty. Then if they drink from this water, what did Jesus say that the water he offers does? Will produce in them. They'll never go thirsty again. The water in them will produce a fountain that springs forth for eternal life. So that's me done. My encouragement to you today that we go out there and as we come across every situation, we know that I am free in the spirit to respond differently. I'm there supposed to offer up my life, the fruit that is in my life to the dying world around me. That they're, they're hungry, they're thirsty, they are in need of Jesus. I'm gonna invite the band we are kind of opening up the pulpit for people who feel like, oh, I need prayer. I don't know what this man just said right now, just forgot everything, but I know I need God. I have a need in my life. I have a situation. I have something in my heart that either I need to God to get out of my heart or things I want God to place in my heart. Oh, I need love. I need a prayer. So we're going to be here praying for you, offering to pray for you. You don't need to come. Don't feel pressured to come to the front. But as the band is going to be playing, I will invite you to respond to whatever God is saying in your heart. Um, yeah, that's enough said. Um, I really feel that God is doing an amazing thing in us. and But we're not the focus, are we? When we come to Jesus, we give our lives to Him. So, our priorities change. The world out there is our focus now. Let's go out there, be present, be available. Offer up love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, and all these things. Let's sing and pray.